Think about a time you've come across someone who possesses something special. Imagine taking ordinary topics and viewing them through their lens. Welcome to Success Shorts, insights that challenge us to be extraordinary. Let's go. Hey everyone, I'm Arul Chanel and I'm here with Tal Ben-Shahar. Tal is a lecturer and author of best-selling books that have been translated into 25 different languages. Included in that list is Happier, which is a very impactful book to me. Tal is also the co-founder and chief learning officer at Potential Life, which is a leadership development organization based on positive psychology. Tal, it's an honor to have you. Great to be here, Arul. Thank you. So I've been following you for some time and I really admire your work. I have a feeling that this is going to be a pretty impactful few minutes, especially for me. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to just have a little bit of fun and let the people get to know you a little bit. So we're going to play two truths and a lie. Is that okay with you? Let's do it. All right. Let's hear what you have. Okay. I'm going to talk about winning and championships. So I won the Malmo Open Squash Championship. I won the Boston Open chess championship i won the olga open backgammon championship all right i'm going to say that the malmo one is a truth because i know that you're an incredible squash player and chess and backgammon i'm gonna go with the fact you know growing up in israel i know in turkey where my family's from backgammon's a big deal there so i'm gonna say that you are also a backgammon champion so i'm gonna say that the lie is chess (laughs) you're absolutely right (laughs) excellent (laughs) hey it's all about knowing the region i guess well thanks so much for sharing those it's definitely fun to hear about the backgammon championship so we should play backgammon when we meet errol just remember that you're on (laughs) but if it's okay with you you know i wanted to kick things off by just asking a little bit about how this journey towards happiness started for you as that boy growing up in israel you just won the national squash tournament what was it about that moment or maybe there were other moments that kind of solidified the importance of better understanding happiness for you but like what happened there to really trigger that Yeah. So what happened there after winning the championship and what also happened later when I was a student was that it was my unhappiness that triggered my interest in happiness. You know, I was an undergraduate at Harvard studying computer science, found myself in my sophomore year doing very well academically, doing very well in sports, doing quite well socially and yet being very unhappy. At that point, I I realized that it wasn't about the external success because, you know, I I checked at least some of the boxes and yet that didn't bring me to happiness. I was miserable and I decided to change my course and I left computer science and moved over to philosophy and psychology with the explicit purpose of answering these two questions. A, why aren't I happy? B, how can I become happier? You know, that was some 30 years ago and I've been on that journey since. So in earnest, you made that transition into trying to solve those two questions. Now, over that next 30 years, how have you gone about trying to figure out how happiness plays out psychologically? And because to me, that's a part of psychology that wasn't really focused on. For the most part, we focus on the negative parts. But how how did you go about cultivating the focus on positive psychology during that time? 
you know, initially I was, uh, I was agnostic, meaning, you know, I, I really didn't have any philosophy or psychology and I didn't know where I was looking, but I knew that, uh, again, intuitively, like I think most people do, that I would be able to find the answers in, in psychology and possibly philosophy. This is what the questions that people were asking throughout history. So um, I delved into conventional psychology. I delved into the self-help movement. I uh, didn't find much help, I must say, in the self-help movement, certainly not long-term help. But um, I was very fortunate to start uh, graduate school when the whole field of positive psychology, which is the science of happiness, emerged you know, with Maurice Seligman and, and my mentor and teacher, Philip Stone. Basically, I, in, in that respect, I was in the right place and in, uh, in the right time and started studying this field. And this field really has answers, important answers for how we can become happier. So it, for me, it was an academic pursuit intermixed with a very, very personal pursuit. So this is maybe more of a personal question. So as you were studying this emerging field, how did you find that it began to impact you personally in trying to solve the two questions that you posed to yourself earlier? The first thing that, that became very clear to me was that I was uh, barking up the wrong tree. Throughout my life, I always believed that success would lead to happiness. That, you know, winning that national championship is the answer to my unhappiness. Okay, that didn't bring happiness. Well, then I need to go further and win international championships. Uh, or I need to get into Harvard or do well or make a lot of money. And all these things, I really believed that they would make me happy. And I realized at a relatively early age, you know, my 20s, that they were not the answer. And I also then saw that through, you know, the research about uh, success and happiness the question was, okay, if that doesn't lead to happiness, what does? What I discovered in positive psychology was uh, basically backing up ancient wisdom, you know, wisdom where movement is important, the wisdom that relationships matter and, and real intimate relationships versus, uh, you know, virtual, unreal or uh, deep relationships rather than superficial ones. I realized the importance of, uh, of gratitude, of knowing thyself, whether it's through uh, self-analysis or through writing. All these things, uh, you know, I realized could contribute to happiness and not in a way that, you know, one day you wake up and you're happy. So not in a, in a radical or a transformational way, but in a slow and gradual way way it can lead to more happiness. So I think one of the other things that I've learned from uh, my academic pursuit of happiness is to be more humble about what we can achieve and what we can. In, in, in other words, to have more humble expectations of, uh, of life in general and specifically of our ability to attain happiness. I really like that last part. It's almost like allowing yourself a little bit more grace to make mistakes and not have to be perfect in the pursuit of trying to be happy. But I think that leads to an interesting question. Uh, yes, I just called my own question interesting. But I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways that people misinterpret happiness. And you already referenced to that some misconceptions, maybe some expectations that just aren't real realistic. What are some of the ways that we can maybe correct our thoughts a little bit and better align us towards being successful in happiness? Yes. So this is an interesting question. I'll grant you that. The, the misunderstanding that, that exists today mainly revolves around equating happiness with pleasure and equating unhappiness with displeasure or with pain. In other words, people believe that to be happy, you need to experience pleasure and ongoing pleasure. 
if you experience pain, it means you're unhappy. So many people would, would say to me, oh, so being happy means being happy all the time. And the answer is no. Uh, happiness is not about pleasure. Happiness is about the f experiencing the full range of human emotions. I can lead a happy life and at times experience sadness and anxiety and disappointment and frustration. These are part of and parcel of a full and fulfilling life. In fact, there are only two kinds of people who do not experience painful emotions, such as sadness or anger or uh, envy or anxiety, two kinds of people. They are the psychopaths and dead people. So if you experience painful emotions at times, it's actually a good sign. It means you're not a psychopath and alive. A happy life is a life that where we experience uh, the full range of emotions. Now, this misunderstanding about happiness, that happiness ought to be a smooth ride, is actually a source of uh, a great deal of unhappiness. And it truly is. And I think that that's just something that we have to get our arms around and almost surrender to a little bit. And in that surrender, I feel that'll open us up to being happier about things because we won't be so hard on ourselves when we think that something might be wrong. One of the things that I did come across when I was doing a little bit of research for our, our talk today was what you're doing with uh, Potential Life. And on the site, you speak to re-engineering your own personal operating model towards positive behaviors for the people who are listening and they're trying to think, you know, how does this apply to me? What are some things I can take away? What are some of those small adaptations that you might be able to offer them that they can start with today? As part of Potential Life, my partner, Angus Ridgeway, and I identified these characteristics that lead to both flourishing, so to higher levels of happiness, as well as to success whether we're leaders at work or leaders at home, for that matter. And the, and the areas that we identified are the following. The flourishing individuals focus on their strengths. They don't ignore their weaknesses, but they primarily focus on what they're good at and what they're passionate about. In other words, what are their strengths and what gives them strength? The second element is that these people all experience uh, stress and anxiety like everyone else does. The difference is that the top performers and the, you know, the happiest individuals also take time for recovery. You know, it's okay to be stressed. There's nothing wrong with it. On the contrary, it makes us stronger. Going to the gym, we stress our muscles, we get stronger. The key is also to have time for recovery. We need recovery from the gym. We need recovery from life. So people who know how to also switch off, they ultimately fare better, both psychologically as well as in terms of performance. Then, um, the importance of being mindful and present, whether it's starting a mindfulness pra uh, practice or whether it's uh, switching off distractions and just focusing on the meeting you're at or the, or the conversation you're having or the report you're writing. The ability to be mindful is important. Relationships are critical. The number one predictor of happiness, quality time you spend with people you care about and who care about you. Also, cultivating positive and authentic relationships at work is a predictor of uh, effective teamwork. It's a predictor of organizational success. And finally, uh, finding a sense of meaning and purpose. And that doesn't mean finding the purpose of life. You know, that, that may elude many people, most people perhaps. It's about finding meaning in the day-to-day. Uh, it's a find, about finding a sense of purpose in, in your work with clients. It's about finding a sense of purpose in the fact that, that you are working and, and supporting a family. 
And uh, the key is, um, you know, I often encourage my clients, instead of writing a job description, which is basically a technical description, write a calling description. In other words, what aspects of my work provide me with a sense of calling? And we can always find the sense in terms of helping clients, in terms of, uh, you know, helping the economy, in terms of helping our family. That's some wonderful advice. And I think all of those points are not necessarily that they're easy, but they're approachable to start to implement right now for, I think, anyone who's listening. I wanted to share one thing with you because, as I mentioned earlier, you've had a really big impact on me and I have a story. However, one of the things I wanted to share was the impact of the hamburgers from Happier. Never has an analogy clicked a little better. I think it speaks to my appetite a little bit. But it was really about the happiness burger, the balance between the different things, the pleasure, fulfillment, and purpose. And I always thought that I had a really good grasp on what made me happy. And to me, it was always, I want to see my kids be happy and healthy and successful. However, when I was reading that book, I realized that, you know what, that isn't deep enough. It's kind of a shallow definition of happiness. And that was because, as you mentioned earlier, there was no motion to it. There was no action involved. So I actually made a very conscious decision and I wrote this down quite a while ago and I found the notebook that it was in and I changed my definition of happiness and I put my purpose is to do what I can to put my kids in a situation where they can be happy and successful. And by adding that purpose and action to me, what it did is it transformed it to just like a blanket statement of almost that was almost generic. And it's allowed me to put meaning to everything that I do around that from work because I'm working for a purpose, working out to be healthy so that I can see them be happy and successful when, when they're older. You know, I'm divorced, so trying to be a better co-parent with their mom so they in turn are happier, like you name it. That exercise from the book just meant a ton to me. So I want to challenge everyone who's listening to pay attention to the points that Tal just left us and also Ask yourself, how do you define success? And is there an action tied to it? And Tal, this has been really great. I, I want to thank you for your time. It's been a real honor. Thank you very much, Earl. Thank you for doing the work that you do and spreading ideas. And it's very meaningful to me to hear your story. Thank you for that. Uh, you're very welcome. And that's all we have for this episode of Success Shorts. Hopefully you found today's topic useful. And remember, have fun, stay curious, and keep it short. Keep it short.